Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeist, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hey guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. It is St. Patrick's Day weekend, and I'm hoping that you guys all got dressed up in green Saturday and got your drink on or did your pub crawls or, I don't know, got into a soccer fight or whatever it is people do on St. Patrick's Day to feel Irish. (laughs) Um, Around here, we just kind of slog through the snow and try to avoid any kind of drunken brawls as much as possible. And again, it's amazing that there is still snow on the ground, although it's Ohio. What are you going to do, right? Spring is hopefully right around the corner, and um, maybe at some point we will see temperatures above 40 degrees, but it's not looking good right now. (laughs) At any rate, guys, let's go ahead and jump right into our stories. We got listener stories for you tonight, so let's go ahead and get to those. Our first story comes from a listener named Doreen, and she has sent it to us, giving it the title, Long-Haired Ghost. Okay, Doreen, let's see what you sent to us. I had just moved into a rental cottage with my husband and two small children temporarily while we looked for a house to purchase in the area. The furnished cottage was set on the side of a hill. It was small and somewhat run down, but we didn't mind since we didn't anticipate being there very long. I always got a strange feeling in the lower level, but the children didn't seem to mind. Their bedroom was where they could play and make as much noise as they wanted. The unexplained happening started as soon as we moved into the cottage, with a particular picture in the bedroom falling off the wall on a regular basis. I tried to knock it off the wall by slamming the door, banging on the wall and things like that, but to no avail. One warm summer evening, I heard footsteps, hurried and heavy, ascending the stairs leading up to the deck, making the whole house shake. Thinking that my husband was home early with his visiting brother, I opened a couple of cold drinks and went to greet them and found nothing. No one was there and There was nowhere for anyone to go if they were. Weird. It kind of freaked me out a little, but I shrugged it off. It was only when it happened again, around the same time, that I realized I wasn't alone in the house. The kitchen seemed to be a favorite spot for activity, with taps turning on spontaneously, cupboards opening by themselves, and the timer on the stove going off sometimes in the middle of the night. My husband put a stop to that somewhat forcibly, I might add. I didn't mind. One afternoon I was cleaning the stove when I felt as if I wasn't alone. I turned to see a young girl around six years old. She had long, tussled hair. Her face was a little grubby and the yellow sundress was obviously a worn favorite. 
I said hello, thinking she was one of the neighbor's children whom I haven't met yet. She didn't say anything, just turned and vanished. I never found out who she was, and she wasn't the first ghost in the house. One evening, after I had put the boys to bed for the night, I had made myself a coffee and was looking forward to some alone time when I heard a scream and then another. My two little boys ran up the stairs faster than the speed of light. Once I got them calmed down enough to tell me what was wrong, I found out they had seen a man with a tall, dark hat, dark clothes, and no face come into their room and stand at the foot of their bed. I ran downstairs expecting anything, but found nothing except a cold spot where the boys had seen the figure. They still talk about it 18 years later. The last incident happened when I had laid down for a nap one afternoon, still recovering from a cold. I had just pulled the blanket up to my chest, hands folded over the hem of the blanket, and closed my eyes when I felt a pair of long fingered hands sharp nails and heavily ringed clasped mine and squeeze and then let go. I cried out, sat up in bed and expected to see someone standing by the bed. No one was there, but I did detect a faint scent of a flower of some sort. I later recognized it as a rose. Shortly after that we bought a house in a nearby town and I was very happy to move. I never really felt like I was in danger, but I was never a fan of that house. Wow, Doreen, that is an amazing story. You uh, kind of fell into a house with what sounds like quite a bit of activity going on in it there, and not necessarily all the best activity, what it sounds like. Um you kind of had a couple of different things going on, some poltergeist activity and some apparitions and some phantom smells, which are always fascinating to me because the way that your olfactory nerves, and I think I've talked about this before, but your olfactory nerves have to actually detect molecules in the air in order to actually perceive a smell. So for a spirit or an apparition to create a phantom smell, it actually has to create the molecules that you're brain detects as that smell which is kind of amazing that they can do that sometimes but um glad to hear you got out of there because it did not sound like the most pleasant place in the world to live thanks a lot for sharing your story with us that was great our next story comes from m and she has given it the title storytelling ghost okay m let's see what you sent us I live in a funky three-floor house in Toronto. This house has ghosts. We know for certain that there are two, but we feel that there could be a third one as well. I have a dog and three cats, all of whom sense the ghosts. We all watch them when they sense them on the stairs or when Diablo, one of my cats, talks to them, which she seems to do often by herself. But. The reason that I'm writing this is due to a weird thing that happened. We have four computers here and there. Three are on the main floor and one is on the third floor. The third floor is away from the noise as the stairway to the floor is in the corner of the second floor 
so it's very quiet up there, except for when the ghosts are around. Once in that room, I had an episode where I had to keep closing the door. One of the cats was trying to get out through the window there as the screen was easy to knock out. This was in the spring, and with the AC on, they could not access the window, but I had the cats on the main floor with me, and I kept the door closed just in case. Suddenly, I heard a bang, so I went upstairs to see what was up, and I found that the door was wide open. So I closed it and made the trek downstairs. This happened two more times, and I was beginning to become annoyed as it is a fair hike up there. But then I heard another bang and yelled, Okay, that is it. When I got upstairs, I noticed that a telephone book had been put in front of the door to block it open, which was wild since not only was I the only person at home, and I certainly hadn't done this, but also we did not even own a phone book. Not knowing what else to do at that point, I actually then told the ghost, Okay, if you want it open, it will remain so. Just make certain the window is closed so the cats can't get out. Another night, my roommate, who has his computer on the third floor, was playing with one of those voice recognition programs that type for you. He wasn't having any luck, so he came down to chill with us and use the computer on the main floor. A few hours later that night, as we watched a movie or two, he remembered his computer, so he went to turn it off and noticed that the program was left running and had picked up text. What was picked up was weird and kind of sounded like a story. The ghost was talking about the window and seeing someone out there. We tried to talk in the room to see if it would pick up our voices and it wouldn't. We left it on overnight to see if anything more could be picked up, but the program froze, so it didn't. The whole thing was wild, and the only explanation that we could come up with was that it had to have been the ghosts. I now live with my niece. She has always been able to see ghosts. They freak her out so she doesn't talk to them, but she can see them. I can sense them, but not actually see them. One night, I described what I felt like our ghosts looked like, and she confirmed that that was one of them. There is another one that is here, too, she says. The other that lives here comes through as a dark shadow outline. Neither one of us know where the second one came from, but we have confirmed that the first one is a man who once lived here. Okay, M, that was an amazing, wild, weird story. I don't think that I have ever actually heard of a ghost communicating via typing, via a story. Although, what you're describing, one of those uh, talk-to-text type programs, I suppose that could be used as a way to communicate. And it's amazing that you were able to get something from that and that it actually made coherent sense that is absolutely astounding i i literally cannot think of any other incident where something like that has happened that's just mind-boggling to think that that would occur it does sound like you got quite a bit of activity there and i would definitely pay attention to the pets because animals especially dogs and cats can really sense things that are there 
that we might not be able to sense or might not be able to pick up. They actually have the ability to see in ranges of light that are not visible to us, such as infrared and ultraviolet, things like that. And so there's a theory out there that because they can see in these ranges, they can pick up on energy signatures, they can pick up on uh, EMF, they can pick up on any kind of spiritual or apparitions or ghosts or anything like that that come through. So when you notice your cat just kind of staring at a spot or when you notice your dog staring at down the hallway and you think that there's nothing there, you might want to reconsider that there might just be something there that they're looking at. Animals are pretty amazing that way. But again, M, thank you for sharing your story. That was absolutely awesome. Our last story of the evening comes to us from Tracy, and she has titled it The Haunted Staircase. Okay, Tracy, let's see what's up with The Haunted Staircase. In my previous house, I always was afraid of the stairs, and especially at night. I always felt as though someone was watching me and chasing me. When I was 16 years old, my mother died. The feeling kind of went away for a while then, but after about a month, things started to get worse. I could see a dark shape at the top of the stairs peeping around the corner that had yellowish-orange eyes. The house just felt horrible to me, and at times I could hear laughing, kind of like a cackle, but low in volume. I hated the upstairs and many times saw doors open and close on their own when no windows were open to cause a draft. At the time, I felt so silly and didn't dare talk about it to my friends in case they thought I was crazy or something. Then, a few years later, my father also passed away and suddenly I found myself living alone in the house. That is when fear really took over. One night it got so bad that I came downstairs and slept on the sofa. I tried to conquer the fear, but I kept seeing the same thing at the top of the stairs, and when I came down the stairs, it seemed like it chased me. One night, while I was almost asleep, I heard someone say my name. I got up to find a dark, shadowy shape leaning over me and pulling the bedclothes from the bottom. I clung on for dear life and just kept saying, leave me alone, over and over again. When I woke up the next morning, I thought I must have been dreaming until I saw that my bedroom door was wide open. I didn't know what to do. I called my best friend and finally told her what was going on. She was very understanding and she said she would get some holy water from her church on the way home and bring it that night. When she got there, she said that she had spoken to the priest and he said to bless the walls, the windows, the door frames, and the floor entrances to the doors with the holy water, all the time reciting a prayer and naming who you would allow into your house that had possibly passed on. I did this with my friend present and the following morning a heaviness seemed to have been lifted from my shoulders. Days seemed to get better, and I no longer felt afraid to be there on my own. Then, one sunny day, I had been tidying up my bedroom and changing the bed. Once again, I was coming down the stairs, 
and I heard a growl, like a dog growl, only deeper. It came nearer and nearer as I came down the stairs, and then I felt something push me. The growl kind of went through me and down the stairs and out, never to be heard or seen again. A few months later, I was reading an article in a magazine about spirits and specters, and it mentioned something about certain spirits attaching themselves to a house where there is depression and sadness. The closest description that I could come up with to what I was seeing was when I saw the film Ghost. It's kind of like the spirits of the underworld that you saw come to take bad people away that had died. I later moved, but went back to the house about four years ago, and it didn't feel quite the same. I do know, however, that it is somewhere that I would never live again, even though I'm no longer afraid of the dark. Wow, Tracy, that is an incredible story, and uh, it's kind of a sad story. I mean, your mom and dad died, and left you there by yourself in a house you were already not comfortable with. So, yeah, I could imagine that there was some sadness and some depression in that house. And that is a theory that spirits, uh, especially negative entities, are more attracted to homes and to people who are suffering from depression, who are suffering from loss, who have great sadness around them, just because they tend to be a little more susceptible to their influence and they tend to be easier to drain energy off of. So um, it's not surprising that you would have activity in that and sounded like you had quite a bit, but it also sounds like eventually that activity went away, which is a good thing. And you got away from that place, which is probably also a good thing, even though you did return and said that there was a different feeling there, which is awesome. But you know, you're right. It is possible that it's still there lurking, waiting for someone else that it can use in whatever manner it wants to. So hopefully whoever's living there now is not experiencing the kind of things that you did. And hopefully you're not either and that you're doing a lot better as far as uh, living your life. Again, thank you very much, Tracy, for sending your story. We really, really appreciate it. Well, guys, that is going to do it for this week's episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to thank M and Tracy and Doreen for sending in their stories. You guys are absolute rock stars, and we really appreciate it. And if you would like to be a rock star and get your story on one of our broadcasts, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. The easiest way is just go to our Facebook page at True Paranormal the podcast and hit that like button so we know that you're out there and then just message us. There's a nice message button there and you can send that to us directly uh, through that message button or you can email it to us at trueparanormalpodcast at gmail.com. That's one long word, trueparanormalpodcast at gmail.com. And again, we'd be glad to have your story read on one of our broadcasts in the future. You guys are the reason we do this show, and you guys are the lifeblood of this show, and we really appreciate you guys being out there. Also, if you happen to listen to us on iTunes, if you would, remember to subscribe and give us a rating and a review if you get a chance. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the show. If you have any comments or questions, again, our Facebook page, True Paranormal the Podcast, is the place for that. Just 
find the show's link and shoot us a comment or a question. We'll be glad to answer any and all that you have for us. In the meantime, my name is Leo Rizzuti. This has been True Paranormal, the podcast. Thank you guys for joining us this week and every week. And be sure to join us next week for another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. Thank you.